Welcome to another episode of The Chef Educator, the show that provides and discusses various teaching tools, tips, and techniques for the culinary, hospitality, and pastry arts educator. And now, coming to you through the airways from Palm Beach County, Florida, here is your host, doctor, professor, and chef, Mr. Colin Rowe. Welcome to The Chef Educator Podcast, the show where we explore the world of culinary education and share insights, tips, and strategies for teaching the next generation of chefs. I'm your host, Dr. Colin Roach, and in today's episode, we're going to dive into the topic of active learning, talk about how we can engage our culinary students in meaningful ways in order to enhance their learning experiences. So since this is sort of an introduction to active learning, with future episodes getting into the specific activities, I thought I would start off by explaining what active learning is and why I believe it's important in culinary education. So active learning is an instructional approach that encourages students to actively participate in their own learning process. Instead of passively receiving information, students engage in activities, discussions, hands-on experiences that promote critical thinking and problem solving and skill development. In culinary education, active learning is crucial because it aligns with the nature of our industry. And this makes a lot of sense because chefs need to be adaptable, creative, and able to think on their feet. By incorporating active learning strategies, we can better prepare our students for the real-world challenges that they're going to face in the culinary field. So what are some specific active learning techniques that you can use to be successful in your culinary classroom? Well, one technique I often use is called the flipped classroom or the flipped classroom model. Instead of delivering lectures during class time, instead I assign pre-recorded video lessons that I make or reading materials from the textbook for the students to review before coming to class. And this allows me to dedicate more time to hands-on activities and collaborative learning in the kitchen in the, in the classroom. By shifting that traditional lecture to the pre-class phase, students arrive prepared and can engage in discussions. They can ask questions and they can apply their knowledge immediately. I have an entire podcast episode devoted to the flipped classroom that you can listen to if you want more information. It is a very interesting approach that I've found to be very, very successful in my classes. Now, another technique I use is called guided discovery, which is a great way to ensure that our students are actively engaged during hands-on activities. With the guided discovery method, instead of providing step-by-step instructions, I give students a general goal or, or a challenge and then let them figure out the solutions on their own. For example, I might ask them to create a I don't know, a three-course meal using only ingredients found in a mystery basket. I'm sure some of you do this as well. Well, this activity alone encourages critical thinking, problem solving, creativity, because the students have to work together to plan and execute their dishes. Now, as you can imagine, using guided discovery fosters a lot of valuable skills for our students, and but it can also bring up some challenges. One specific one that I've seen with some of my students is what I call the fear of failure. Now, some students may be hesitant to take risks or make mistakes in front of their peers. Now, as educators, it's important for us to create a supportive and non-judgmental environment 
where our students can feel comfortable experimenting and learning from their failures. And providing constructive feedback and emphasizing the learning process rather than just the end results can help our students overcome this challenge. You know, they have to make mistakes to learn. And I tell them that. And this is the place, the classroom, school, to make mistakes. You don't want to make it out there in the industry, but in here, this is where you learn from. Think of it like a scientist. They go through a lot of trial and error, making mistakes, and they learn from them, and they make changes, and they adapt. You know, it's a dynamic process. Same thing with cooking. When they get in there, okay, yeah, maybe you burn something or you over-seasoned it. Well, let's, let's reflect on that and what happened and how can we change it for the next time so it doesn't happen again. In other words, it's important for us and crucial for us as teachers to create a safe space for students to learn and grow and not have to worry about, you know, having that fixed mindset that they always have to get an A. We want a growth mindset. We want them to learn from that. Now, another technique I've had success with is role-playing or, or simulation exercises. And I'm sure many, many, many of you do this as well in some variation. So in my case, I create scenarios that mimic real-life culinary situations, such as a busy restaurant service or maybe a catering event. Now, students assume different roles like the head chef, line cook, front of the house staff. And then they have to work together to tackle the challenges that arise during the simulation. And this immersive experience helps them develop, you know, teamwork because they got to work together, communication skills, decision-making skills, all while they're applying their culinary knowledge. So role-playing adds that element of realism to the learning process. As I mentioned, I'm sure a lot of you do it. It's very, very important. You know, and you can even set up different things uh, that may mimic the industry. You know, one time uh, I would take a class and about halfway through the lab, I would say, stop, switch. Now you're going to switch with another group and you have five minutes or 10 minutes to explain what you were working on, where you are in the process so that that other group can now take over and everybody rotates. And that can be kind of fun. You know, another one is um, having other faculty members that have done this. I haven't, but you know, it could work is about halfway through it. They shut the power off. They turn off the gas, you know, so that way they're the students are like, oh, no, what's going to happen? And then they put it back on. And of course, then they have to go relight all the pilot lights. They have to check all their sauces. They have to make sure their burners are working and maybe they have to reset some equipment. And this is, you know, their, that faculty member's goal was to mimic, you know, what if they had a power failure in their restaurant and they're in the middle of service, what are they going to do? So anything like that where you can, you know, mimic some real life culinary situations can be beneficial if planned out uh, in your classrooms. Now, when it comes to assessing student learning when using active learning strategies, I like to use different methods. You know, assessment and active learning goes way beyond the traditional exams and quizzes. And some of the methods that I like to use include project-based assessment, um, having the students do presentations, and also reflective journals, which can be really good. You know, because these assessments allow students to demonstrate their understanding, I guess, to showcase their creativity and reflect on their learning experience. You know, I think that the reflecting part, especially when they make mistakes, is the important part. It's like, okay, it burned. How did it burn? Why did it burn? Temperature was too hot, over-caramelization, you know, something along those lines to get them to reflect, whether that can be verbally 
or by using that journaling technique where, okay, at the end of class, everybody take out a blank piece of paper and I want you to write down, you know, what was the most important thing you learned today? What mistakes were made? You know, what would you change if you could do it again? You know, some basic type questions that gets them to reflect on that learning process. You know, over time, I found that it's important to you know, provide clear evaluation criteria as well and feedback that aligns with the learning objectives of each of the activities that you do, you know, because you need to make sure that the students know how they're going to be graded. And that could be using a rubric or that could be just setting the, you know, the, the benchmarks ahead of time, just so they know so it's not surprised. Okay, so as we wrap up this episode, I want to leave you with some last minute advice in case you want to incorporate more active learning into your classrooms. My advice would be to start small and gradually incorporate active learning strategies into your teaching practice. You know, experiment with different techniques and observe how they impact student engagement and the learning outcomes for your class. And don't be afraid to collaborate with other educators and share best practices. Active learning is a dynamic and evolving approach, and we can learn a lot from each other's experiences. There are also many books out there as well that you could utilize as a reference. One of the texts that I have relied on heavily throughout the years is titled Active Learning, 101 Strategies to Teach Any Subject by Mel Silberman. Now, it's an old book from way back, 1996, I think it was published, first published. However, it's still available today and it's also still relevant today. Now, I'm going to leave a link in the show notes if you want to you know, get more information on that, um, and you can maybe purchase it through Amazon. It used copies, I think, are $5 or even cheaper. So uh, check that out if you want. But there's other great ones as well. I also plan to create several future podcast episodes on some of the specific topics that are mentioned in the book and how I have implemented them into my classes over the years, you know, how I've you know, put my own little twist on them. So stay tuned for that. More episodes coming up. Okay, that's it for today's episode of the Chef Educator Podcast. I hope you found this discussion on active learning valuable and that you're inspired to explore new ways of engaging your culinary students. Now, if you have any questions or topics that you would like for us to cover in future episodes, please, please, please reach out. You can do it on our website, our social media channels. We also have a Google phone line, um, anything like that. Let us know uh, because I really want to make this valuable for all of you, the listeners. Okay, until next time, keep learning, keep teaching, and keep cooking. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.